at Digging Deeper, we want to do everything we possibly can to protect these babies from sickening creatures. We refuse to sit and watch from the bleachers. The Ugly Truth. Hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore. Here's Struggle Jennings and his daughter Brianna with a cry for help. And then we'll get started on The Ugly Truth. And that's exactly why we played that intro because that intro is the most appropriate intro for what we're going to talk about in the ugly truth tonight. Mm. Mom, we hate to talk about this, but what do we have what do we have going on in America right now that as we sit here in Wichita Falls, Texas? Uh, what's going on around the country that most people are talking about? Most people are talking about uh, Uvalde. Uvalde. Uvalde, Uvalde Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The little town of Uvalde. So hmm. we have so much compassion and just heartbreak for the situation. Yeah. Every time something like this happens, it just makes us all sick. And at Digging Deeper, we want to get to know exactly what happened. We just, we feel like if we do not learn history, if we do not understand what actually happened, that we're destined to repeat that and make those same mistakes. Like my friend tonight, Travis, said. He said, people don't know history. That's absolutely true. That's the truth. And we have been seeing in our lifetime a repeat of some fatal mistakes and some awful, ugly things that are going on. But we do have a lot to discuss here and so much to unpack on tonight's episode of The Ugly Truth that it's, it's hard to talk about and like the theme says, hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore. Yeah. So please don't be upset. Knowing that we have compassion, please do not be upset at the questions that we ask. At Digging Deeper, we are doing just that. We want to know the whys so that we can prevent future catastrophes. Yeah. So let's take a look at this. Let's discuss as much as we need to. We really want to invite people to call in. If you have some comments about the Uvalde shooting at the small grade school in Uvalde, Texas, please give us a call and we can discuss that. That's 940-224-6315 or 6211. 940-224-6315. 
6315 or 6211. But we're going to go ahead and talk about the stuff. Just go ahead and interrupt us anytime. Yep. So Texas officials launch an investigation into the Uvalde police response. So this is the first thing in the headlines now is, oh, we got to question why, why it didn't happen faster. What's going on? You know, a lot of questions people were asking tonight. I heard it again is why did it take 48 minutes or whatever it was to get in? Right. If that's the narrative that's going around now. And we've looked at scanner traffic. And we've looked at other news reports, Twitter, as well as what the police department themselves and the school itself put out. Right. And we know a lot of the backstories. You're going to get a, we're going to catch some things here maybe tonight that you didn't know before about what actually happened at Uvalde. Not only the day of the fatal catastrophe that we know it, but months before what happened in the school system there in that city. Let's take a look at the headlines. I'll let you start, Andy. Okay, so there's been conflicting statements over the gunfight with the shooter, as well as videos showing the parents being held down. You know, of course, if you're a parent, you're going to be freaking out, right? Yeah, yeah. The, that video is going around about the cops supposedly holding back somebody or holding somebody down. And yeah, it could obviously be what everybody's assuming it to be because you all are assuming it because we don't know the official report on that because it was just somebody's cell phone video. But there's video floating around that looks like some cops are holding some people back and down. Well, let's talk about the timeline just real quick, okay? There yeah. was a, There was a timeline easily that explains why they didn't want parents rushing the school. And please just pay attention to timelines and to what actually happened, as we know. And here's the thing. This is true. Uh, this is the ugly truth. And sometimes it's really ugly to ask these questions. But every time something like this happens and we look at the 10 signs of a faked event or a setup event, mm-hmm. in other words, a drill, which they have prior to these things, every time we look at that, we look to see how many factors it's hitting on. And this one is giving me red flags, honey. I know. It makes me sick. It's, it's just too so, many things going on. So the first, first thing I had a question about, mm-hmm. okay, first of all, this is an 18-year-old. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, right? Who is unemployed. Okay. Or, you know. Right. Works at Wendy's or just right, lo- right. left Wendy's, right? Right, we heard he just formerly worked there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yet he has the money for a brand new Daniel Defense DDM-4 rifle. Oh, yeah. They have this. So you have a headline here or something here that right. names exactly what he bought. Right. So the DDM-4 set V7 rifles supposedly retails at 18700 No, no. 1800 $1,870. And then the second weapon was a Smith & Wesson MP15 with a price tag of 1300 Plus the ammo and optics that he has to have, that I, supposedly he had. Now, we don't know for sure, right? But what 18-year-old has that kind of money? Right, that's a lot of money. But, I mean, you know, even so, $3,000 and he could have saved up. But it's just, it, red flags, folks, red flags. So this is number one red flag, the changing weapon story. 
Number one red flag to me is the changing weapon story because you dug up some information on exactly what he had. Tonight I learned there's a third one, by the way. You need to oh. dig a little deeper. Okay. Oh, just the last, in the last hour before this, I walked into a friend's house and, and he advised me, yeah, he had three M16, or, you know, three AR 15s, right? Oh, wait, 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 wait. He didn't even have an AR 15. And out of all of these, there are no AR 15s listed. Right. I guess the DDM 4 is a type of AR 15 rifle. It's, it's a muddled classification, folks. And right. an AR does not stand for assault rifle. And it doesn't mean that it's automatic because it's right. no rifle that you can buy is automatic. It's semi automatic. And at that, not very accurate. And it's only three shot bursts if you hold the trigger. And that's if you have it on semi auto. But most shooters do not even use that because it's 100% more accurate when you're just doing single shot. So get over the AR, get over the automatic stuff, and learn about right. rifles before you start yelping. But anyway, this is just, it's just, it makes me mad because we're all trained. Uh, we're all trained on all three firearms, uh, handheld, as well as, you know, handgun, as well as rifle and shotgun, um, and as well as our kids. So we know the difference between some of these things. And these prices seem a little inflated to me, but of course, I understand that. Now, these uh, may be retail prices. Yeah, retail. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just got it from one of the right. sites that was quoting it. So, But the biggest thing to me was the changing weapon story because the police put out a statement, the very first thing they said, and you can see it on the police blotter right on, I'll put it on Digging Deeper if you didn't include it in the article, but the police blotter right on Broadcastify, the scanner service that right. we uh, use to broadcast through, we, uh, we saw that right on there exactly the timestamp and that there was... A handgun reported. It was a single handgun. Now, when you saw that video, we had further evidence. You did you show me a still shot of a video I where think it looks that's like in that he's first holding, article link. Mm-hmm. Where he's, he's holding, holding a rifle. Yeah, he's holding a rifle. You there. can see him holding something as he's going into school with a rifle. So where did right. that picture come from? You remember I told you it looked they, like somebody's video camera across the street. Okay, but very blurry, hard uh-huh. to identify anybody. And didn't I tell you that? I told you, folks, they have these exercises just prior to these things happening. Mm-hmm. What I when I woke up this morning, I said, "Honey, when did FEMA have its last training exercise at that school?" <laughs> and we found out that it was run by a police officer who was working, who was the husband of one of the slain teachers, Ruiz. Ramon Ruiz? And he actually was the one who was planning it two months prior. Two months, yeah, in March. They had a FEMA exercise or a a shooter, active shooter. Active shooter exercise. Exercise or drill just a couple of months prior to that in... The high school. The high school. Mm -hmm. Not in this great school. Right. So, you know, another point, was it you that made the point about the 18-year-old that might have learned the tactics if he'd have gone to that drill prior to that and found right. out how they stop a shooter and then he could have gone in and known their tactics. Known the tactics. Of yep. what the kids are supposed to do. I mean, but anyway, whether that happened or not or whether this event is real or fake, the changing weapon story is another one of those red flags. When we talk about the 10 factors, that uh, 10 ways, 10 signs to spot a faked event, Mm-hmm. I believe Lisa sent that in, didn't she? I think Lisa Betts sent that in. Might have been. Years, I mean, not years ago, but months ago. We did a podcast on 10 signs of a faked event. Okay, so check that out. And these are the things we're going through. The changing weapon story is flag number two. 
Right. Now, the, uh, another thing is the muddled timeline. Oh, yeah, always. Always, like Doug taught me from the infamous Beaupre case, mm-hmm. old Doug from the film, uh, the filmmaker out in California that's going to be producing the item number Netflix series on the uh, botched case in Scottsbluff County. Right. He always taught me, and thank you, Doug, for that. He always taught me, look at the timeline. Everything will come clear in the timeline. So if you look at hard evidence in the timeline of this case, from stuff like scanner traffic and actual timestamps of things, right. then you can see that it is incorrect. It, it, it is different, or the things we know as a fact are different from the narrative right. that they're telling us in this report, right? They're telling us the, the timeline is all messed up. You go check the timeline you're getting in the news against the actual facts that we pull up from actual scanner feeds and and timestamps on these uh, information services to the officers. Mm-hmm. We have that stuff on right. Digging Deeper. So you need to check it out and see for yourself that the narrative doesn't match. Right. And something else that we noticed was the... Okay, so they're saying that SWAT had to come in right. and then... They couldn't. They couldn't get to him, so they had to go find a key. Well, what? that's yeah. Okay, there's okay, two stories that's going weird. on. That's weird. There's two stories going on. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. supposedly everybody is saying that 48. I think it is 48 minutes elapsed yeah. between the time that he supposedly entered the school and the time they heard shots on the 911 calls. And Axwell said they were flying somebody out, which is weird. I don't know how they flew somebody out, but anyway, there were 45, 48 minutes elapsed between the time they went in. If SWAT had gotten there and busted in the door, they would have been the ones who engaged the killer. Right. But they weren't the ones who they're actually saying claim. Another report is saying that who shot him? A border control agent. The border patrol. The border patrol shot him. So in no case would a SWAT team let the unshielded border patrol go in ahead of them. Off-duty border patrol. Oh, this is an off-duty. Was he working at the school? I don't know. Maybe the guy, and that's what your theory was at first, is that the guy inside the school is the one who killed him. And because that's why they had were the sitting key. around. He had the key. Yeah. He had to go get the key, and he found the key, got in, and took him out. Now, we don't know if that's fact, because everything is being muddled in these stories. So what did you hear? Give us a call, or text us, or mm-hmm. let us know. On Messages the on, the, on the... Messaging group. Yep. Right. Get Let on, us know. Um, another thing was the whole truck thing. Oh, yeah. So First, Grandma was dead, and then Grandma survived, and she called the cops. And, okay, there were two stories there. Yeah, two the stories grandma there. Grandma was shot. Grandma was dead. No, Grandma's not dead. No, Grandma's the one who called the cops. Well, if they called the cops, then, then they will... Okay, so here's actually what did happen, because we heard directly from a Twitter user, and then we investigated... And then we found the wrecked truck in the ditch. Mm-hmm. And you showed me that story from the state patrol, from the border patrol. This gentleman that committed these crimes supposedly stole a border agent's truck, stole a border patrol truck, and then wrecked it. And then ran into the school and barricaded himself in the school. This is what actually happened. What they're not reporting the full facts of is when did they find the truck? 
were they actually pursuing the truck when it was wrecked? Right. And the one thing we need to dig a little bit deeper on is find out if this Twitter user was right when they said there was a bolo out on the truck. And I'm not going to doubt that because if the Border Patrol's truck was stolen, I'm sure they radioed into the police to let them know their truck was stolen. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there probably was a be on the lookout or bolo on this truck. Now, obviously, the first person who said they were chasing him and he wrecked out and ran into the school, well, obviously, that was incorrect because they would have just shot him going into the school in, or, right, or right. caught him on the wreck. Right, unless know. they were that far behind. Right, and we saw the pictures that they weren't, but it didn't look like a pursuit to us. Right. So all this is on diggingdeeper.net. There's just, that's strike five that I've been counting. That's five things that just don't make any sense why they would get these facts wrong. When you have a mass casualty event that could be one of the biggest things ever, like they always go for the record, I noticed, but this could be the most second to Columbine, or was no, it would be ahead of Columbine, but just behind Sandy Hook. So this is Sandy Hook 2. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So this is Sandy Hook 2 where this guy goes in and just kills all these small little children so that... Well, anyway. And the Sandy Hook incident and this incident has been brought up as being so much similar that now we look back at what the agenda was. What was the agenda when Sandy Hook happened in 2012? It was Obama was in charge. He wanted gun control. Gun control. Gun control. Gun control. They he wanted tried, everybody to turn in their rifles. He tried so hard to get people to go along with gun control, and it did not pass. Mm-hmm. And it failed. It went nowhere. Because the Second Amendment is a strong constitutional right that's not going to be infringed upon. Mm-hmm. So, another thing we found that was odd, um, somebody actually um, tied Uvalde School, and we were looking at the past, right? Right. Well, there was also a report from 2018 Mm. that... The Uvalde chief of police, Daniel Rodriguez at the time, said that a Morales junior high student... 14, and a former Morales student, 13, had specifically targeted numerous students in what they described as a plan to perform a mass casualty event against the school. Was Ramos, the 14-year-old, mentioned here? Holy cow, the timing fits. It does. 2018, May 3rd, folks. Yeah. Almost graduation, just a couple days before school let out, right? Just in a week or two? Right. Look at that. 14 to 18, that's... Tw- Eight. Yep. Yep. The, so the uh, time, but we, we, we can't know because of course they were minors. Wow. So we don't have names. How'd you dig this up? It was wow. part of that history dig. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. So there were two ten- teens that were arrested at that point. Now we don't know oh, for a fact. Because but, they're minors. So we don't have their name in there. Right. Now, another thing that I thought was unusual, just looking at the town. Oh, yeah. Okay. Crazy. We looked at the census report. From 2020. From 2020. Mm-hmm. And it said that the town is the size of 15,000. Yeah, just over 15,000. Yeah, something. size of Scott's Bluff. Yeah. Right, 15,000, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So in the report. Mm-hmm. It said the population was what? 20. 
24,000? 24,000, almost 25. Almost 25,000. It had almost grown 10,000 people. Yeah, over Over 9,000. So what? how can a town that size grow over 9,000 people in, in less than two years. Than two years. Mm-hmm. Hmm. A lot they are near in. the border. A lot of well, kind of, but yeah, a lot of people needed to move in for sure. They could have been bused there, even if they're not from the border. They could have been planted there, right? Not necessarily just happen to move there. That's true. I did. I did notice though that it's it's. What what did it say? It's not too far from El Paso, Se- right? Seventy-two percent Hispanic and ninety-five oh. percent white. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to laugh about something as far as them getting their statistics wrong and their facts wrong, these are official reports that come out, and this is the report about the city. Andy was just laughing that this is a predominantly Latino town with 74% Hispanic and 95% white. (laughs) <laughs> Whoops! Mm, I think, we got a screenshot. I think our of that. percentages are off a little bit there. Yeah. We'll have to show you that screenshot. This, all this stuff. I mean, you know, this is supposed to be the ugly truth. That's kind of like Truman's Matrix, where we laugh about the upside down stuff. But this is a disaster here. Right. This stuff is just sickening that the government would actually try to twist and not be upfront with us on massacres of children. Well, the only reason you'd want to hide the facts is if you didn't want them to actually know the facts. Isn't that the case? Otherwise, right. think about it, folks. Just let's take just for a second. I think Travis made me think of this. Let's think back to when we were younger and these other disasters happened. You know, let's think about a school shooting, maybe Columbine or let's just mm-hmm. maybe Columbine. Just think of that. Didn't we have the exact facts, basic facts that stayed the same the entire time? They just had a final death report and released all the video, and there was never any kind of suspicion. We knew about everything. We even had video of them in the library blowing up pipe bombs. I remember watching that. I had that video. Yeah. We knew everything. I mean... But with the advent of the cell phone... Everything's changed because now you can have citizen reporters. See, at that point, they could control the narrative. They could put out just what they wanted you to know. So I'm not saying that Columbine wasn't real and I'm not saying it was planned, but I'm just saying that when we were growing up, we didn't have the extra reporting that we have now, which could cause it to be better reporting or it could cause it to make all these things questionable i think that's the latter yeah um before they just they were able to sort through it and only release what they wanted to release and get the story straight and put it to bed right that should be the way they do it the problem is they don't ever get their story straight and what they put out is different than what they started with every time. Like, for instance, the two shooters at Sandy Hook that everybody saw on video. Right. That were running away and ran into the forest. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But there was only one shooter. But there was and, only one shooter. Yeah, yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. So you got to question everything, folks. you got to question everything. Yeah, so this is just the last thing I pulled up that um, 
there are people who are saying that it was a planned stand down operation and people are pissed off that these police officers weren't going in. Now, when you talk about any kind of, uh, any kind of crime scene, there always has to be uh, officers outside controlling the scene. That's right? called the perimeter. Yeah, they have to control the perimeter so that people don't get in and get killed or something. Right? So keep that in mind mm-hmm. that there probably were people inside the building as well as outside the building. Oh, yeah. So just because you see cops standing around yeah. outside doesn't yeah. mean they're not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody's just watching that one video like we started with tonight. Yeah, anybody just watching that one video, seeing the cops hold them down or hold some parents back and people yelling... Keep that in mind, what Andy just said. There's a team that their whole assignment is to control the perimeter and make sure everybody is not only safe, but that they don't impede the scene. Right. And like we always say on our Scottsbluff County scanner and any of the scanners that we run, that we highly advise that you never, ever, ever try to impede a scene of an accident, a fire, or any emergency vehicle in any way where you could help be held liable not only for a crime, but also be permanently banned off of our website and our Facebook page, which has a high following. So don't risk going to a scene if you're told to stay away. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, the Epic Times reported um, one of the most frustrating developments was the DPS spokesman, Olivares. Mm-hmm. He said that in a CNN interview, that officers couldn't continue to pursue the suspect immediately because they could have been shot. Yeah, that's... I, I, and so why he said that, or why he said that in this in that way, made it just blow up. Yeah, everybody takes everything out of context. Maybe they were going to be shot because the SWAT team was standing right there and told them to stand back. You know, I mean, there's just so much misreporting and piecemeal and drive-by reporting uh, that it just makes you sick. But, you know, a Texas DPS officer said that uh, that the gunman had holed up with his victims in the classroom before the specialist tactical team arrived. So that's the narrative there. They are hearing gunshots. This is a quote. They are receiving gunshots. At that point, if they proceeded any further, not knowing where the suspect was, they could have been shot. They could have been killed, and at that point, that gunman would have had an opportunity to kill other people inside of school. This is all a garbage quote because if any police officers are out there, please let let please know. We support you, we love you, and we know that you would never say anything like that, and you would go right into the face of danger. If you didn't, then you're a chicken blank. Mm-hmm. Okay, Don't, just resign from being a police officer if you're not willing to run towards danger. And I believe every one of these police officers was running towards danger at the appropriate time. You don't run like a chicken with your head cut off around a crime scene. You run tactically. You move tactically. So don't be the judge, people. Do not judge these policemen for their actions because you're only seeing a part of the scene unless you were the commander there at the scene. All right. So... That's one of the narratives. So here's another one. If you want to really go down rabbit hole, you can finish up this article with this. What about his therapist? We know that this 18-year-old had a therapist. Okay. 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 (laughs) His therapist specializes in hypnosis. What is Project Deep Dream? Okay, I'll read this for you. Okay. Quote, Deep Dream. It's neuro... 
phenomology, monology, pheno, phenomenology, mm-hmm. neurophenomenology. It's neurophenomenology, <laughs> neurophenomenology. Okay, so it's neurophenomenology based on generative modeling techniques developed in computational neuroscience. Its approach can be described as behavior modification through computational phenomenology. Phenomenology. It alters behavior through induced hypnosis and computer-generated imagery. The Google version was actually funded and requested on the behest of the NSA. They asked them to make this project come to life, and they did. In plain English, Project Deep Dream is MK Ultra's mind control, but with hypnosis and computers. And the leading expert on it was a Texas school shooters therapist. Hmm. Just, you dug just this if up? you just if you want to go down the is deep hole. Is this real? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I did link that to his therapist page, and his therapist page does talk about the hypnosis and the neuro Yeah. Phenomenology. Neurophenomenology. Neurophenomenology. <laughs> Whether well, it's to actually tied to MK Ultra or not, I don't know. Well, we but know, we do know the CAI used thousands. You want to read this one? The CIA did use thousands of MK Ultra patients to commit assassinations and killings, to start color war revolutions around the world. Oh, the color revolution that started in wasn't that was the color revolution in Ukraine? In Ukraine, two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh my yep, goodness! Yep. Yep. The current mass shootings in the U.S. are deeply connected to Democrats who want to take away guns. That's the main point right here. Absolutely, because there's no way to control the human population unless you take away their weapon. Yep, and you can see it in all of the countries that they've already done that in. Yep, it's easy to see. It's world, just world, look, look, at, look at world history. Just look. Yep, yep. So. so be prepared for more staged mass shootings in the U.S. as the deep state Democrat rhinos controlled by the globalist elites try to bring us the laws to take away our guns. Don't fall for it. Don't back down. It's all planned and connected to the World Murder Health Organization trying to take over and install a world treaty. Just ended today. We haven't right. heard the news, so it must not have passed. Well, um, they talked about it, and 12 of Biden's amendments did not are tabled. 12 okay. of, of the ones he suggested. They're going to come back and talk. They're, they're going to talk it over, and they're going to come back, I think they said in July? I don't remember. I'll have to look at the date again. But they have not actually voted on it. Okay, so she's talking about that Davos meeting, right? The Davos meeting, yep. right. Or Tedros. So no actual actions have been handed over yet. Okay. No so control has been handed over. USA yet. is still free. There. And this would be the UN taking control. Remember when we reported on the fact that there are UN troops already in the US walking around? Yeah, and before that, we were absolutely told about that thing, the UN troops being in the on the continent up in Canada by our good friends Drew and Steph. Mm-hmm. They pointed out the Canadian troops were welcoming and the UN trains and the art. Right, and, and the, the CCP Humvees. was being trained in Canada too, and remember? And that. Mm-hmm. 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 It's yep. all this tied together. Now we're seeing UN troops all over the United States. 
and UN supposedly has authority over US because, well, they're global. You know, I will tell you this, that's an absolute shift because in Desert Storm, if there was any international troops, the US was in charge. There was no U, there was no other UN people or anybody trying to tell us what to do. How things no, have changed in 30 so, years. Yeah, sovereignty is negative. We ran Saudi Arabia. We ran that theater. We actually controlled everything. Mm-mm-mm. We took over their military city and everything. Yeah. Voluntarily, they wanted us to. Yeah. Saudi king let us come in. Yeah. It's fun, actually. Quick story. <laughs> I actually got to go to the stable with the king's horses and watch. I didn't actually ride, but I videotaped another girl riding. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, riding the ho- king's horses. <laughs> riding the king's horses. Yeah, with the prince of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? But anyway, it happened. So anyway, I think we are going to end up this program by reminding you to stay awake, my friends. Do not fall for it. Keep your guns. The ugly truth right now is that the globalist elites are trying to take away our guns and control us. So please, stand fast and keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars, (laughs) like Casey Kasem used to tell us, right? I think that's going to do it for the ugly truth. Let's go ahead and close on out and head into Faith Matters after a short break. And that's going to do it for The Ugly Truth. Hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore. Music is Fervor by Aberrant Music Group. That's right. I want to make sure I bring your attention.